Booster is excited to support DIA Schools Collaborative on furthering the missions of our respective organizations through Follow to Lead podcast and other DIA programming. Visit ChooseBooster.com for details on Booster's school fundraising events, technology, and customized spirit gear. Booster can help your Catholic school meet and exceed its fundraising goals. Learn more today. Welcome to Follow to Lead, where we discover how to listen for and follow God's call so that we might lead others to God. Our shared stories of inspiration from religious leaders and those active in the educational ministry of the church can help you know better how God is calling you and the role passionate Catholic education plays in spreading His message of faith, hope, and love. Now please welcome the hosts of Follow to Lead, Father Randy Sly and Kyle Pietrantonio. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ the Teacher, teach us to listen. Teach us to do the deep listening to the sounds of our soul, waiting to hear your voice calling us to cast out deeper, to become fishers of men and women, shepherds of souls, to follow your will in order to lead others to the truth, beauty, and goodness only you can offer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to Follow to Lead, a journey twice a month into the world of Catholic education, exploring what it means to follow God in order to lead others to Him. I'm Father Randy Sly, your host. Today, we continue our six-part series on a presentation from 2005 that was made by Archbishop Michael Miller, who was then the secretary of the Congregation of Catholic Education in Rome, called The Holy See's Teaching on Catholic Schools. And in this and the following programs, uh, we continue our focus on the five essential marks of Catholic education, as outlined in the document. And hitchhiking on the four ecclesial marks of the Church from the Creed, Archbishop Miller identified five scholastic marks that make a school essentially Catholic. They are inspired by a supernatural vision, founded on a Christian anthropology, animated by communion and community, imbued with a Catholic worldview, and sustained by the witness of teaching. And for those who are interested in obtaining a copy of this document, uh, we have a special edition of it available on our website, and uh, you can uh, find out more information about that at the end of the podcast. And today, we're going to be discussing the third essential mark, animated by communion and community. And our guests today to uh, tackle this subject are Zach Eckert from J. Sarah Catholic High School in San Juan Capistrano, California, along with Chris and Katie Walters, both teachers at St. James Academy in Lenexa, Kansas. Now, Zach Eckert is the Director of Campus Ministry and Annual Fund at J. Sarah. He's been there for almost 10 uh, 10 years, I believe, and he's a graduate of the Franciscan University in Steubenville, an accomplished public speaker. He's been invited to present on topics of faith, purpose, and leadership uh, to churches, retreats, and various teams. He inaugurated J. uh, J. Sarah's sports ministry program, and I'm sure we'll hear a little bit more about that later on. Uh, which does seek to inspire a transformational experience for student-athletes. He's married to his wife, Sarah, and uh, they met while working together at J. Sarah. They have one son, Jack. And then we have Chris and Katie Walters, both 
uh, theology teachers at St. James Academy, where Katie also serves as the director of community. Chris is a graduate of the University of Kansas. And, uh, well, I won't stop and say anything about Kansas State, Chris. So we'll, we'll save that for after the broadcast. Fine by me. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and uh, Katie is a, a graduate of Benedictine College. Both have Master's of Theology degrees from the Augustan Institute. And their greatest joys, I'm sure, are being found in uh, being disciples of our Lord and also their four children, Ethan, Olivia, Colby, and Annalise. So, Zach, Chris, and Katie, welcome to the program. Can I interrupt really quick, Father? I think we're <laughs> we have a, we had our number five in August. So oh, you if did. Had, if someday <laughs> our number five, Lauren, saw this and heard this and said, "What about me?" And so we got. Okay, well, let's add the fifth officially. And Lauren. <laughs> okay, great. Throw that yeah. out there too. Yeah. My yeah, wife that's what I get for believing the website at uh, at St. James. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, good to have you with us, uh, Zach. Great to see you out there in California. Yes, good to see you too, Father. Thanks for having me. And Chris and Katie are both from the same area where I live, the Greater Kansas City area. They're on uh, the west side, over in the Kansas uh, part of the metropolitan area, and I'm over on the Missouri side. So. Uh, great to have you both with us as well. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having us. Now, uh, I'm so glad that all of us could be together for this very important podcast. And uh, as we begin our time together, each time we meet, we always give our guests an opportunity to kind of give a little background, your upbringing, and tell us a little bit about, about yourself. So, Katie, why don't you go first and give us a little bit about you? Sure. Um, I was born in Wichita, Kansas. I'm the youngest of three. Uh, Catholic education the whole way through. So Christ the King to Bishop Carroll High School in Wichita and then on to Benedictine and then the Augustine Institute. And um, Chris and I met while working as camp counselors at Camp Tekawitha, uh, which is a fun fact there. Um, and then being able to both teach at St. James Academy um, has been such a blessing to us personally um, and uh, to grow our family here. Uh, it, yeah, it's been a, a wonderful gift. So that's a little bit more about my formation and background. Okay. How about you, Chris? Yeah, she, she hit it. I, um, grown up, I've pretty much grown up in the area here in Lenox, Kansas. Although I, my dad was in the Navy when we were younger. So we kind of moved around a lot, but then he retired and we moved here. And so I went to St. Thomas Aquinas in Overland Park, then went to KU then worked for five years as a uh, youth minister at a couple parishes here in the archdiocese. And then I've been working at St. James Academy for 10 years. Again, was able to get the master's uh, in theology from the Augustine Institute and just love not only teaching here, uh, what we do in our theology department, but also um, it's awesome to see Catholic education for our kids as well. So we have our kids at St. Paul and Olathe too. And it's just great to see I love the Catholic education that we're offering and that our kids are being offered too. So, oh, Wonderful. That That's great to hear from you both. And uh, Zach, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you. So I, I grew up in uh, Littleton, Colorado, and um, had a really incredible experience in my, my, my Catholic church. Um, I didn't go to Catholic high school or, or grade school. I was public school all the way until college where I went to uh, Franciscan University of Steubenville. But what, what got me there was my parish. 
Um, so that's been kind of a unique thing now working in Catholic high school, having had my, my public school background. Um, but that experience of the parish, I think, has really informed, you know, kind of what that that youth ministry experience was, bringing that kind of core and spirit to uh, what I've you know been able to do here at J. Sarah. Um, after Steubenville, I uh, worked at a church, a parish in Ventura, California, just up north of Los Angeles uh, for three years. And then after that, I, I moved down to Orange County to work at J. Sarah. And that's been 10 years uh, this year. Um, so I've been in campus ministry the majority of that time and as, as well the advancement office um, and had kind of a, a big transition in my, my 10th year just this year um, to become the new vice principal of student information and leadership. Um, so overseeing campus ministry, but as well our activities program, um, our, our school uh, counselors and our, our therapists. Um, so it has been an incredible place to work. Like, like St. James, I think Jay Sarah and St. James share a, a lot in common mm -hmm. uh, philosophically and kind of how we see things in the little lens of the Catholic worldview. Um, but in a very unique spot here in Southern California, it's, it's been a really cool, a cool place to be. I always met my wife and like Chris and Katie, we added a, a second to our family this year, Claire. So, so oh, okay. Like, She's watching at some point in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> five, we, five months old. So yeah, we got the extra kids covered. That is that is yeah. really good. <laughs> that is. That's right. So Chris and Katie, what what uh were you always intending to teach Catholic school or how did that all come about? Sure. Uh I had a um, a teacher when I was in high school at Bishop Carroll who really changed the trajectory for me. Um, uh, Mr. Tony Brandt, he's one of the presenters in Casting Nets Ministry now, but was was really inspired by his witness to the Catholic faith. So I knew when I was in high school um, that I had a desire to teach theology in a Catholic high school and then actually started a women's group Um that he encouraged me to start praying with a group um, together. And that was Grace. We started that my senior year um, and I've kept leading that. We actually run Grace at St. James Academy now. Um, and so I knew teaching theology in a Catholic high school that led me um, to Benedictine. The year after Benedictine, I um, volunteered for the Apostles of the Interior Life, which is a community of consecrated women. Um, and then uh, teaching here at St. James, um, has been awesome. And uh, just my heart has come alive for it. And especially in the last six years with teaching theology, but also serving as um, the director of community to see how that flows out of the lens of Catholic education. So, mm -hmm. uh, so, so grateful to um, a man who was all in on the Catholic faith and the way that he walked with Jesus Christ and his witness caught my attention. Um, and uh, yeah, that's how I'd answer that. Great How job. about you, Chris? Uh, I'll just say, you know, a little bit like Zach, or at least kind of a mix between the two, because I was public school for up until like I was in sixth grade. So then in sixth grade until the rest of it, junior high and then high school, I was in Catholic high school. And as much as that was kind of a shock from going to public to Catholic and just kind of trying to get the wits about me regarding it, I was... Um, what really helped me a lot was kind of what Zach was saying earlier too, was my own parish youth group and just kind of the youth ministry that was allowed at my parish. And because of that, you know, went on like uh, studentville conferences when I was in high school and those kind of things that really ignited a love for Jesus Christ and who his, you know, the person of Christ is and the, the Eucharist and the sacraments and the church and the beauty of all of it. And I ended up going to KU and wanted to do physical therapy that was the the major I was looking at and hoping to go into a PT school, but just having my own like process of faith journey as I was doing it, just 
uh, all the more getting to a place where I was not only bought into what Jesus was offering, but becoming sold out kind of to what it was to the point where I was like, I don't know if I could uh, do a job where I wouldn't be able to talk about Jesus Christ to the people that I work with every single day. And so it kind of led to, especially working at uh, the summer camp, Camp Sikawitha, just an opportunity for youth ministry. And when that kind of continued on and, you know, when we ended up getting married and then just kind of seeing an opportunity to get into teaching at St. James Academy. And it was one of those that uh, if you asked me 20 years ago, if this was a, a idea or a plan that I had for, for my life, I probably would have been like, I don't think so. But it's the thing that, uh, you know, I try to tell our students of like, God's plans are much better than our, your own plans, because uh, I can't imagine a much better life than what God has been doing in my life with being a teacher at St. James and being with the people that we have here. So Wonderful. That is, those are the kinds of stories that just kind of uh, stir the heart to realize they're really Catholic education is a calling, isn't it? It's something that we believe God has called us into. And uh, when we begin to express our, our ministry life and uh, just our witness through it, all of a sudden we realize how there there's life transformation that takes place. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to talk today about this really amazing document. And I know for me, uh, when I was the president of a Catholic high school, uh, this type of a document just kind of illuminated uh, the areas that I needed to find measurement and uh, alignment for the mission of our school. We were When I was there, we were brand new. We had just opened our doors. And it was quite a, a wonderful thing to have these these different marks that I could look at and say, okay, where are we doing here and there? Uh, as you all read through Archbishop Miller's document, uh, what are some of your initial impressions overall on the whole document? That, that is, you know, it's amazing. And I, I think it's it's great to have kind of some, some benchmarks, right? Some things that kind of distinguish you because if, if we're not, if we're not, distinguishing who we are as Catholic, you could have, you know, all, all the best things that a school could offer, but then, you know, but who are you really? And um, we, we had a, a great homily from Father Mike Schmitz just uh, last month to our school. And he was talking about if you had like a, a shoe factory and it, were, it was the best shoe factory ever, it had the best building, all the best machinery and the technology, the best workers, but didn't actually produce shoes it wouldn't be a very good shoe factory and a Catholic school is kind of the same way. You know, if you can have all these great things about it, the best buildings, the best facilities and things, but if you're not producing disciples, well, then you're not Catholic. You're not, you're not a Catholic school. So as I was reading through, I was kind of reminded of that, just how we distinguish ourselves in these specific ways. Mm -hmm. uh, I can piggyback on that um, before you go. Uh, I think it's always important uh, to reflect on the why behind the what of what we do. And so mm -hmm. this was encouraging to read this document of, yes, yes, this is the bigger picture vision that this is a part of. Um, and it brings meaning to all of the details that take place in our day, whether we're putting together a lesson um, or planning a house time, any of that all flows out of, of this Catholic vision of who the person of Christ is and who we are in his eyes um, and that living relationship that, that we are built for this and we are made for this um, and that it is always good to have that reflection before us. Yeah. And I'll just uh, 
use the word encouragement as well. And I say that just kind of as, as I was reflecting on that question, there's three encouragements that kind of came to mind. One, I felt encouraged just from my own formation of not only what our faith is and who Jesus Christ is and who he not only wants us to be, but how we can live that out together. And just seeing that throughout this document, I'm like, beautiful. Amen. Let's go. So that what's being said, because I'm like, that's encouraging that I've received formation. Thank God that spoke the same language. And the second encouragement was just gratitude because the 10 years I've been here at St. James Academy, a lot of these pillars, I'm like, has been a lot of what we've talked about, what we've discussed, what we're <laughs> trying to implement and what we're trying to live out. So it was one of those things where I'm like, you hear something like this being said, and then you're like, wow, that matches really well with my experience of what we've been doing. And so it was encouraging that way. And I guess the final encouragement I had too was just uh, gratitude and just hopefulness. Uh, if this is what Catholic education is meant to be, uh, just grateful that my kids are in Catholic education because I'm like, that's what I want for them. And mm -hmm. so it's things where, as I was reading it, just thinking about those three kind of encouragements of like kind of what I've been formed in and what I've heard and then what we've actually been doing and what uh, our admin and our leadership have kind of been working in our school here and then just grateful that my kids go to a Catholic school to receive the same stuff. It just, yeah, it was really great to read. Yeah, it's important for us to remember it's more than just putting a crucifix on the wall, you know, <laughs> and putting a statue of the Blessed Mother in the front office. But there's there's a lot more to being a Catholic school. And uh, I think this document really goes a long way to kind of remind us all of, of a, the, the grand nature of the mission that we have. Uh, in transforming lives. Now, I I want us to dig into the um, the mark that we're working on today, the third mark, which is animated by communion and community. And Archbishop Miller wrote about this. He said the third important teaching on Catholic schools that has emerged in the Holy See's documents in recent years is its emphasis on the community aspect of the Catholic school a dimension rooted both in the social nature of the human person and the reality that the church is a home and school of communion. That the Catholic school is an educational community is one of the most enriching developments for the contemporary school. And he goes on then to outline three particular ways that, that uh, the Holy See views the school as community, and it, it involves uh, teamwork and collaboration among those involved, interaction of students with teachers, and the physical environment. So I thought we might take those three areas and kind of dissect them a little bit. Uh, so for the uh, the sake of argument, be let's begin, though, with uh, an overarching principle, and that is uh, the social nature of the human person, which uh, kind of is at the the uh, the bottom line of why this is important as a student is going through their educational process. What go comes to your mind as you think about the social nature of our students? You know, as, as you were reading from this document and just kind of thinking of some of the things that my experience with Catholic education has been and just kind of, you know, meeting our students where they're at right now. And also, I mean, I, I know it's, probably been spoken ad nauseum the past three years of kind of the difficulty regarding, you know, post-COVID world and after that, and just kind of the way it kind of shook everything. It, it's just one of those that, as I see this, it's, man, uh, 
as much as media and technology and things are grateful and helpful to the human person and what we can do as individuals and communities, it's also something that I think sometimes has caused crutches for our students, uh, and especially when it comes to their social nature, because, you know, one of the classes we teach that we're obviously made for relationship by relationship, right? Like God is Trinity is a community of persons that he's made us in his image and likeness to have the same. And it's one of those that when they're, you're made for this and you're like, this is going to be the thing that allows you to be most happy. And yet you feel like there's not much, you know, in our modern day culture society that's helping develop their ability to be in a community to be in relationship, to be socially living into that nature and almost like trying to, as much as social media is meant to like connect you and oftentimes leaves you disconnected because it isolates rather than brings together. It just all the more, you know, rings true with my experience of our education of like, let's teach our, our students how to be in relationship. Let's give them opportunities to be in relationship. And then on top of that, let's teach them how to like pay attention to one another and then be able to share themselves with each other to the point where they know what it means to be in an authentic relationship. So I don't know if that's kind of uh, exactly what you were asking or what you were looking at, but that's kind of my, where my mind went when you were reading it and mentioning that. Uh, I would just echo on that. Uh, what we give our attention to, we give our love to. And so uh, the opportunity to do that within within the school day of that and to know what am I giving my attention to? That's what I'm giving my love to. Uh, and then I lost my second train of thought. So Zach, you. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's been amazing. I think seeing how much kids really want to be together um, post COVID. I think Chris, kind of what, what you were saying, what we would be seeing is how much you know more they've been coming out for the dances and for our our football student sections, even for volleyball student sections. Things things you know, kids really want to be together, but. Uh, on the flip side, how much they're also kind of learning what's appropriate, you know, what what does a football student section look like? We've had to like reteach our kids how to be fans in the fan section, you know, uh, how how we, how do you go to a dance together? What what what's appropriate clothing to wear, you know? And it's it's I can't imagine being a school that's not Catholic without those guiding principles to help teach kids and, and kind of coach them back through those, those experiences. Um, and, and just with the social media, the technology as well, we made a, a, a choice several years ago to, to not let kids have their phones out during the school day, um, which probably seems obvious in a lot of circles, but that's just not the world that we live in. And um, to just to kind of make it easier for them to enter into conversation at, at lunchtime, um, you know, that, that there's so many barriers that we can help them take down and work through. And that's been kind of a, a something I've, I've noticed a lot, especially in the last couple of years. It's interesting. Uh, we were all talking just a bit ago about post-COVID. And I remember at St. Michael during the whole COVID time, uh, the kids were, of course, separated in their homes and they were all Zooming into classes and things like that. All of a sudden, some of the students began doing drive-bys. <laughs> and they would, you know, the older students would, would get into their car and they would let each other know that they were going around and they would drive by the other students' homes and the students would come out and you'd see them waving and then the guys in the car were waving back. They just didn't like uh, the separation of not being with their friends. Yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's that's for sure. I, I know we we um there was really like not much to do during those times. Obviously, there was no there was no games, there were no dances. Um, one of the really cool things that our our parents really partnered with us on, on that, and and we had some opportunities for kids to um, keep our our youth group going. So our campus ministry was able to do some events during the week, and the parents came. But you know, they they provide the dinner, they'd host the space. Typically, it was outdoors, so you know, made it really easy for people to to gather together. Um, and so, yeah, you know, we're, we're social beings, and I think it was it was an awesome thing that a lot of schools weren't able to do to help keep that that social connection going. One I of the uh, go ahead, Katie. Oh, I was just gonna uh, say the desire of every human person is to be known and loved. And so Mm -hmm. to keep that in the forefront of um, even if it may not appear on the outside, you know, that they're wanting to be approached, they are wanting to be approached. And that's one of the things we work with our student leadership team on, like as our teachers invest in relationships with our students and then our student leaders invest in like everybody desires to be known and loved, you know, and if they're in the corner, it's not because they want to be in the corner, you know, um, they're, they're wanting you to, to go see, they want to be seen, you know, they Mm -hmm. want you to see them, they want to be invited in, and they want to be invited in on a deeper level than just merely being included. Uh, But they they want to know that they belong. Um, And so keeping that in the forefront, our our young people are hungry for that, where do Mm -hmm. I belong? And, and am I seen here? And who's going to walk with me as a source of encouragement, uh, to help me be who I'm who I'm meant to be, but, but they just, they desire that connection, um, and want to be asked the questions about how they are doing in their life. Mm -hmm. One of the things that Archbishop Miller brings up is the importance of teamwork, importance of collaboration. And he said that we should try to create a community school climate that reproduces as far as possible, the warm and intimate atmosphere of family life. And he goes on to say, those responsible for these schools will therefore do everything they can to promote a common spirit of trust and spontaneity. How how do you all see that being lived out in your respective schools? I don't know if if Zach, go, you go, go, ahead. go ahead, Chris. That's right. Yeah. I feel like I won first lesson. You go ahead, Zach. <laughs> Well, I, I love what Katie said just a moment ago. I, I think about, you know, the, the real difference in, in Catholic schools is that we get to get all these kids into a place where there are, are loving, caring adults, you know, with that that mission to, to minister and to be people that are going to see, you know, that are going to notice kids and are going to be, you know, love on kids in different areas as a coach, as a math teacher, as a counselor. Um, and I think that's something that's really important that, that everyone understand that. Um, you know, that we are continually talking about the fact that you might be a math teacher, but at the end of the day, you, you are a, a minister of the gospel, you know, and that and when you come to work in a Catholic school, that, that's part of what, what you're doing. And so there, there might be opportunities or moments where you get to have, you know, a minute to pour into a kid's life, you know, to, to talk about, you know, the, the, the beauty and the truth of, of, of your faith. Um, we just had um, our, um, RCIA class, uh, we were, there were 14 kids got baptized at the Easter Vigil uh, last, last wow. Saturday. And mm-hmm. afterwards, I think was probably one of the coolest things the whole year was we put on a little party for them af- after the, the vigil mass. And all the kids went and they invited their teachers to, to the mass. And um, not everyone was able to go, but there was a, a decent amount of our, our coaches and teachers that showed up to support them. 
And I thought that was a cool image, you know, that here you have people that are representing different parts of the school, not all in campus ministry, um, but that know these kids, love these kids and wanted to support them. And, you know, one of the, the, the biggest probably moments in, in their life. Um, so that's just one example of, I think, kind of walking alongside kids, you know, and seeing that that collaboration of the whole school community. Now, I know um, Chris and Katie, I know at St. James, uh, one of the ways that this is accomplished is through the community system. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how that works in terms of uh, the dynamics of, of collaboration, building family, et cetera? Sure, sure. Uh, we meet in house time every day and every student belongs in a community. We have eight communities all named after saints and then each community made up of five or six houses uh, and about uh, 19 to 23 students in each house, men or boys and girls. Um, every grade level. And we we meet every day for either 10 minutes, 25 minutes, or 40 minutes. And that that's become um, an, an important part of the way we live our Catholic mission of gathering together every day. There's a quote that hang, that is um, painted over our academic wing that says, at the heart of Catholic education is the community, not just to be learned, but to be, but to be lived. Um, and that we are practicing this as we come together, not only to give our attention to, to one another, but to build connection and relationships. Uh, because the ancient way of that the faith is passed on is that you live life alongside other people who know and love Jesus Christ. Um, and that shared walk and that shared life helps you grow um, in your faith to also encounter the person of Jesus Christ in a transformative way. And so um, we are, we're so blessed with our staff being bought in for that vision and the leadership team that's paved that for us. And this is the only school that I've worked at. I don't, I don't have a comparison, uh, but I, I have such gratitude for the vision of Archbishop Kelleher and Archbishop Nauman and our leadership team um, and my colleagues that when we talk about being staff who pray with, care for, and share life with their students, uh, that builds a family dynamic here um, and that we're not just here to teach you math and to teach you science, but we're here to see you as a whole person and to form your, your mind and your heart and your soul and, and, to, and, and to see you that way. Um, and we want heaven for you. And we get to walk this stretch of the road. These four years, we get to partner with your parents in a very special way. And we'll see you more during the day than your parents might if you're leaving school and going mm -hmm. to a job or sports <laughs> practice. Uh, but we get to come alongside you, um, walking towards heaven together. Um, and I, I think that spontaneity happens in house time if you're playing Pictionary or whatnot, but that really becomes alive with, with who our teachers are and how they see our kids and the shared life that happens that, and that those small talks lead to, to big talks. Um, I could go on and on, but I'll stop there for now. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just go ahead and, uh just back up kind of what she's saying. So this being my 10th year at St. James, I've been one of those house mentors every year. And that means that every year I've been here, I've had, you know, between probably 19 and 23 students that I really see on a day-to-day -day basis. So maybe one day it's only 10 minutes, another day it's 40 minutes. Uh, and then another day might be 25, but every day I'm here at school, I get to see my students. And it's just one of those things where I think the fourth year, I even taught here. Uh, I, I found myself with just kind of this moment of reflection where I'm like, those students who are graduating right now, the seniors who are graduating that year, I'm like, I have seen them every single day of my high school 
experience here. And I, mm-hmm. I have ski. And it's one of those things where, I mean, it, it's, it makes it all the more harder when it becomes May. And then you have these students who you've seen four years and they've been in your house and it's kind of been that experience of family. And now it's, you know, you're, you're having to say, congratulations. We're so excited for you. And please come back and visit if you get a chance to. But it's also one of those things that tears your heart out a little bit because it's like, man, I've seen you grow so much from a freshman to a senior. And I, I say that just because, you know, obviously each individual student has their own personalities and their character traits and their, you know, different experiences. They come from different homes and different schools. Before, Like there's a lot of different variables that come in to that house. But what I've noticed is just that if, if we're spending time to, together, even if it is doing kind of things like Pictionary or playing whatever kind of game or doing whatever kind of activity that some might think like, how is this school? It's, it's one of those that like those kids know that they have a place where they are known and they have a place where they do belong. And they have a place where somebody is going to ask them questions or they are going to see them. And they're all, they are going to notice if maybe things aren't necessarily going great, or if something's going extremely mm-hmm. great, they're going to have somebody to say congrats and be excited for them. And even, uh, I don't know, you might give me a hard time for using this story but even like the ridiculousness of you know if we're hanging out and there's kind of like lulling conversation i always just like to do like so who's everybody like right and just like (laughs) as ridiculous as it might be like the funniest part about it is just that like then everybody just starts like you know saying stuff about that like oh you like i thought you guys and then one of these (laughs) things where like you talk about family life i mean shoot my family life we give each other a hard time every time we get um and that kind of builds up in the classroom but Uh uh-huh not in a way that's, you know, uh, antagonistic or rude or mean, but more so just out of, you know, giving each other a hard time just because of camaraderie and, and fellowship. And so mm-hmm. I just say that just because what she was talking about, it's something that it's been an, an incredible experience. And probably my favorite part of teaching at St. James Academy is just the house system that allows me to be with students and get to know them and allow them to get, get to know me and then be able to just try to be some kind of image representative of Jesus Christ's love for them uh, on the day-to-day basis. One of the things that I loved about uh, watching our community system uh, be implemented and grow at St. Michael was the fact that uh, we had, you know, the uh, integration of all of the class uh, classes together, all the grades are blended. And so you have a, a high school senior who says, you know, that little freshman guy, he's really neat, you know? And so there's that that beautiful uh, integration uh, that takes place where you begin to uh, move away from stratification to more of that community feel where you've got big brothers, big sisters, little brothers uh, kind of a thing. Now, uh, Zach, what about out at uh, J. Sarah? How do you build intentional community out there? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And we don't have a house system or you know a community system, which I, th- I think is a really awesome thing. I, I've learned a lot about St. James and their, their community system. And um, right now we don't have anything uh, like that. Um, so we have a lot of uh, unique ways we build community. And um, I think that a couple of things I can think of, um, our campus ministry, I think, is probably one of our, our biggest um, tools to reach kids and to try to build that, that community life, that spiritual community life. Um, we have a, a, a net net team here. So net the net missionaries, there's eight of them that are here on our campus from Minnesota. And they're some of our big drivers in campus ministry. Our campus ministry staff, the net team, 
And one of the coolest things they do, which I think is a, a way to let every kid on campus know that they are seen, um, as Katie was mentioning, and kind of you know feel like they got a connection to the school. They have um, what we call like a caseload, like a portfolio, basically of of the student body. So between all the missionaries, our whole school is is broken up into eight. And so every day, the missionaries will pray for for that that specific list of students. And throughout the school year, those missionaries will go to their theology class um, to check in with them. And so it's a it's a quarterly check in. So basically, the initial one will be like, "Hey, I, I'm so and so. I'm a missionary, and this year I just want you to know, maybe praying for you, um, and would love for you to go on a retreat at some point this year." And I would say the majority of those conversations go, "Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Talk talk to you later." Right. But then eventually, some of the, the some of those conversations will end up becoming, oh, wow, that, that's awesome. Could you please pray for this? And actually, yeah, I'd love to go on a retreat. Um, and some of those kids that maybe were kind of cold at first by the second or the third meeting, it's kind of like you, you're wearing them down a little bit. It's like, you're like <laughs> hey, we're here. Like, we're not going anywhere. Like, you know, we're here for you. So basically to create some kind of an environment where you you really couldn't say, no one here cares about me. Like that's just not true, because we're we're continually reaching out to, out to you, letting you know that we're we're here for you, and that's on top of just you know the the day to day teachers that are also doing similar things to show their care and their their love and their support. Um, by bringing in the net team, we definitely saw our our increase in campus ministry in, increase, um, and also there was another particular thing that we we had surveyed our, our student body uh, back during COVID. And ask them all kinds of questions, you know, hey, are you praying every day? Or what's the frequency of your, of your prayer? Um, what do you think about God? Where, where do you find yourself spiritually? And one of the questions we had asked was, um, do you think that there's an adult at, on campus that you could have a meaningful conversation with? And there was probably about, about 15 to 20% of the school that said no, which was a really concerning thing thing for us, right? And, and you could look at it, you could say, okay, well, that's, that's 80, 85% of the school that feels like they could talk to an adult. But what about that 15, 20% that, that doesn't? Um, and so that I think really was kind of the driver for us with bringing on a, a, a missionary team, but also in thinking about how do we go about making sure the student body knows that there's someone here that, that cares for you or that, that you at least perceive that, right? Because you could say, mm-hmm no, there's no one here when really there is, you're just not perceiving it. And that's on us as the adult. If they're not perceiving it, that's our, that's our fault. We have to, you know, um, really strive for kids to know that we love them. Um, so those are some of the, some of the biggest ways. The, the last thing I would say, uh, you know, our, our Dominican sisters that are on staff here have done a really wonderful job with, with their virtue formation program and with, with the virtue formation program, they have sought to integrate that kind of character formation with all of the teachers and all of the coaches um, so that it's not a, a theology teacher thing. It's not just the, the religious people that, that do the, the virtue training or the virtue formation that act, actually in some ways it's better done in the athletic field, on the court, in the pool, um, uh, in the context of athletics. But then if you do have science, math, English talking about virtue in their subjects, um, it becomes something so much more integrated and and not just kind of pigeonholed into, well, that's my theology class. 
Um, so those those two things I think have really tried to been the big drivers behind our our community building. One of the areas that I think can get left behind very easily are the kids with special needs. How how do we uh, in your schools? How do you address integrating the the students with special needs into the family framework? Uh, it's one of those things where I think in my 10 years being here at St. James, I, some of the most beautiful moments have been moments of that, of seeing our community take in those students who have special needs and care for them, see them, um, look out for them, reach out to like those moments. Are, I mean, I feel like I've gone really, really well, but also it's it's kind of a top-down thing, right? So not only the admin and the staff and the faculty and doing what they can as teachers and different avenues of taking care of those students and making sure they have kind of the resources and supports that are needed, but then also it's because of just how other people see them treat those who do have special needs, and then they follow suit. And it's one of those that uh, I've been really impressed because, you know, whether it's in a house or in a classroom, just seeing students who, again, for whatever it is that might be going on with their person are being seen, being celebrated, being cared for. And, and as best we can, like making sure that they don't feel like they're left behind or they don't feel like they're left to the side or whatnot. And so exactly how we do that, again, there's different supports that you put in place, but I know our house system is really good about it because even when we do know there's a student who might have uh, special needs in whatever regard, the admin and the leadership are good at communicating that to whoever the house mentor might be. And then it's one of those things where by example and how the house mentor might treat and share and look for and like care for those students and then other students seeing it and acting in like in kind uh, it, it just kind of spreads. And so it's been, it's been a really great experience just to see the students who do have special needs be cared for as they have been here at St. James Academy. Uh, the first thing I think of is um, a line from John Vanier on community and growth when he, um, and he did a, a, a lot of life mission with, with persons with developmental disabilities and just his line of like, we all have abilities and we all have disabilities. It's just mm -hmm. some visible than others, you know, on both ends. And I think that's permeated our culture at St. James Academy. We have an incredible student response team, um, like Chris said, who who tees us up with tools um, to help meet each student where they're at. But I, I see students thrive in community. And I, 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 I the, the first names that come through are some of our students that, that have come through our building with Down syndrome, who have been joy <laughs> in our building. And mm -hmm. um, have have oh they they've just been such a gift you know I think they've grown so much from being in our building but they have blessed us tremendously by being who they are and that they they are here with us and yeah and our our oldest um struggles with um some special needs a little bit. And so even navigating that as a parent of like wanting, wanting our kiddo, you know, to be fully in integrated and um, to help him success. But you want, I'm like, are you, are you going to see him? Are you going to know him? And are you going to mm -hmm. work to help him along? You know, and like, that's the heart of a mama, mm -hmm. you know, you take a little extra work to help him get connected, but will you do the extra work to help him get connected? And that's something okay. We'll we'll do a little extra work to get the supports in place because we want this. We want every kid to be here who wants to be here. 
Yeah, I, I think that we all probably have an experience. My cousin has has Down syndrome, and I think we all have that experience of knowing someone like that. That is, is just such joy. Um, and so I think one of the big things for us is um, placing kind of a like a, a preference for our like a, our service requirement that we try to highlight uh, programs that work with people with special needs. Um, and probably similar to St. James and other other schools, we have a, a graduation requirement for for service hours. And um, trying to help kids to understand it's not just like a checkbox for graduation, but this is a, you know a lifestyle that that you live. And I think that one of the, the best ways to kind of get kids to uh, make that that flip flip that switch in their mind about what service really is and what, what it the, the meaningfulness behind it is to work with people with special needs because there's just something about um, there's something about giving back and serving people that maybe can't do anything for you, right? That you you realize um you realize how like God's love for, for us, right? That there's nothing we could do for God, right? There's nothing that we could do for him, but he loves us still. And I think helping kids to to make that that understanding that, that realization happens frequently in working with people with special needs. Um we in the last few years have started to build a program called Horizons, which uh, makes it possible to have students with special needs on our campus. And I think one of the one of the cool ways I've seen our school coming around students with, with uh, special needs is it would be a, a few years ago, a student named Ryan, who was on the basketball team. And watching the way that the team just rallied behind Ryan and um, just made him truly feel like he was part, part of the team was one of, one of the real treats of the past few years. And I think any one of those boys in the, on that team would have looked back and said, knowing him and having me part of their team was one of the one of the more, more profound things in their high school career. So, now the second area that uh, uh, Archbishop Miller outlines as far as uh, making uh, community and communion a part of what's what is integral in a school is he talks about the integration of students with teachers and. Uh, most of those that have been trained as teachers are trained on the skills of teaching uh, and and that sort of thing. And so many times they're uh, put into a Catholic school, but the whole idea of uh, personal involvement, the idea of reciprocity, coherence of attitudes, lifestyle, day-to-day behavior, interaction with the students and all of that, that has to come out of a culture that's established for the teachers. Can you guys kind of give me an idea of, of what that looks like uh, in a in a Catholic school where the interaction with the teachers and the students is of high priority? How do you build that kind of culture? I hope it's all right. Um, and I just jumped in with this because one of the things that I thought of with that previous mark we were looking at regarding um, just the teamwork and collaboration was also, I think, also applies to this as well. And that is just kind of the encouragement and the continual uh, pursuits of helping our staff and faculty build friendships and relationships with one another. And I say that just because I know I'm, I, I feel uh, very fortunate that I've had such an experience because whether 
it's through our community system where me and the other mentors that are part of our community, like I have that kind of connection and community with them. And then there's also the community I have with the other teachers who teach theology in our theology department, where we get to build that community together. And then one of the things that we also do is with our faith formation for staff, we have small groups that are a part of that, that are interdisciplinary. So it's one of those that like even three different areas where I find myself growing in relationship and friendship with my colleagues and my coworkers to the point where that growth and friendship with them, I think it not only allows for greater collaboration and teamwork together as a school, but then it also is seen by our students to the point where not only do they see kind of what authentic or true friendship looks like with Christ at the center, but then they also kind of start to like open up as well for the sake of now, obviously, uh, us as teachers can't have the exact same relationship with a student that we would with a colleague, but also there could be this, you know, fellowship or this friendship or this rapport that's built because they see, okay, this is how you kind of be in relationship with somebody else in a way that's not only life-giving, but Christ-centered and in a way that uh, just seems authentic. And so I think, honestly, that's one of the things that, as I looked at that point from reading this document, that I was reminded of just being like, wow, I think the staff being in a sense, kind of some of the language our admin have used of faculty of friends type thing allows students to know not only how to be friends with one another, but also kind of desiring greater rapport or relationship with their teachers, which allows for kind of, again, what this document is talking about of that uh, interaction of students with teachers. I'd piggyback on that. A, a couple of practical things that come to mind is is one when teachers come in our building and are learning about how to be house how to be house teachers, right? And teacher school has prepared you well to run your classroom, right? And classroom management and all those things. Then we went enter into house time, and this is a little different than perhaps what your education courses have prepared you for. And I remember stepping into that, uh, and this is my 13th year at St. James, but in my first year I was a, a mentor teacher in Padre Pio, and coming into house time and being grateful for my formation um, at Camp Tekawitha as a camp counselor, because I'm like, wait, you know, like I, I, I am a teacher here and I am responsible for this room and all of the, all of those teacher guidelines apply. But actually my role here is more mentor, big sister, who's a little more down the road and to help these kids connect with one another, right. And to have a good, healthy connection with me to know that I'm an adult who's in their court, no matter what, um, and to help them connect and build relationship with each other. So thank you, Camp Tekawitha, for some of that formation that aids us well in house and community. And that being in their court, no matter what, that's a line that I've taken. Um, we had Chap Clark come and presented our building a few years ago. And he's a researcher who's dug into just like some of the mental health concerns and issues with our young people. And, and they are not well, and that's no news to anybody, right? Uh, but through through a lot of his data and research, and one thing he echoes is a resilience factor of five to one, that if a, if a teenager has five adults that they know are in his or her court, no matter what, when things fall apart, um, their, their ability to like be resilient and to get through that, like exponentially goes up, you know? So looking at like, as a house mentor, like be one of those adults who's in their court, no matter what, you know, and we hope that they've got parents who are in their court, no matter what, and a coach and whatnot, uh, but to be one of those five. And then the last thing I'd say to the teacher relationship is a story, um, from about a month ago, I was at a, 
bridal shower and I ran into one of our St. James grads and she's a couple years removed from college. Okay. Uh, so she was in our building eight years ago. We were talking about her life and what she's up to. And then high school came up and, um, and she had this comment and it continues to, to reverberate in my head. Um, I asked her about her experience at St. James and she just said, I loved my experience at St. James. I loved it. Like there was so much that I walked away from, from St. James, but the, the most valuable thing to me was the witness of authentic living that I saw in my teacher's. And I wow. said, tell me more about that. What do you mean? What do you mean authentic living that you saw witnessed in your teachers? And she said, I knew, I knew that my teachers knew Jesus. I knew that they were people of faith because they talked about it and they told me about it, but they were also people who were fun and played games with us. And it was a, and they laughed and it was attractive. And so what I saw modeled in my teachers, like I, I knew there was an authentic living that they knew Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ changed everything for them. And they were fun. And I'm not quite sure how to get it <laughs> or what I need to do, but I'm curious and like, whatever they got, I want. And I walked away really encouraged that day. I was like, wow, that's encouraging for me. You know, how am I modeling that authentic living? Uh, Cause they're noticing, they're noticing how we talk to one another. They're noticing how we interact with them and how we show delight to them. And they're noticing um, what we teach them as well. But all of those little things uh, matter a lot. Everything that Chris and Katie is saying, I think is right on. And um, some, something too that we do, and um, we, we did some training with School of Faith. Um, many, it's been probably six or seven years ago now, but out of that, we started doing our, our, our monthly staff spiritual development. And um, similar to what, what Chris was saying, we have our, our staff in, in small groups, which has been a really great place. One, just to make sure that we all you know, individually are personally you know, connecting in our faith. It's kind of like that, that monthly kind of accountability check-in with each other that is you know, interdisciplinary. So you do get to meet people across all the different departments and buildings. And um, but it's also become a big place too, where we talk about then how do we then pour into our students? So, you know, are we being filled up in our faith? And then therefore, how do we shift then into pour into our students? So there's always questions in our small groups that kind of like, well, how do we apply this to our, our ministry with, with kids? Which for your average teacher who might, you know, be, you know, a scientist, right? Or an English teacher may not always be thinking how, how do I how do I then turn my attention to the spiritual health of, of, of the kids? And that's been a big place that we we talk about, you know, just, just that. And um, we always make a big push to invite all of our coaches and our, our, our teachers on retreats. And it's become a, a really good kind of tradition and culture of, yeah, we, you want to be a retreat chaperone. It's, it's something that's kind of a coveted role to go to go on the mm -hmm. senior retreat and even the younger grades. Um, and always when teachers come back, especially if it was their first time on a retreat, they come back and they say like, that, that was one of the best things I've ever done. Usually it's an adoration. You see the kids just totally open up in front of the Eucharist. Um, and especially if a teacher may not be Catholic or not come from that, a strong faith background, like what, what was that? You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a really great way of, of forming our, our teachers, um, getting them on a retreat, getting them to have that kind of spiritual connection with, with kids. Um, so yeah, that, that's been a big thing for us. 
That's amazing, Zach. I, I would just echo, it makes me think of soul of the apostolate, like channels versus reservoirs, right? Like, is it, uh, is, is it just flowing over me and am I not changed or am I like a reservoir and I'm, I'm transformed myself and then, and then Christ in through me overflow overflows to others, but that's, that's powerful witness. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think one of the, there's... oh yeah, go ahead. go ahead, Zach. Yeah. I was going to add that this, some of our, like our big glory stories, if you will, from retreats have come from teachers, you know, where something really powerful happens and it shifts in them. And um, it can be just as, as, you know, uh, powerful for the adults as it, as it can be for the kids. Yeah. I think the whole thing that you guys are, are bringing out of uh, dealing with authenticity is such a critical area uh, for teachers that, you're not just like a monolith standing in front of the class and spewing uh, ideas, thoughts, concepts, formulas, etc. But that you're a human person. You, you know, sharing life, sharing your your heart. Um, sometimes even struggles. I know uh, that our some of times our teachers, if they're going through a, a hard time, uh, it's been neat to see the way that our students have risen up to support the teachers during those tough times. So there's a sense of, I guess, reciprocity that can come out of that kind of an environment. If I could jump in there, I I was leading, I I work really close. Our deans are our adults, my colleagues who lead each of the eight communities. And I'm blessed I get to meet during sixth hour with them. And that's huge for us because with those adults, I get to pray with them. I get to build connection and relationship with them. And we're like the adults behind the scenes working closely with our our student leaders for them to run house and community time. But um, we've been reflecting on a lot of the why behind the what with um, house and community and my colleague Matt Joshi was leaning, um, leading us and was talking about that teacher-student relationship and where have we seen that? And and he just echoed this story of of one of our our colleagues who, um, oh, um, but I, I bring this up because the the reciprocity that you say. Um, and one of our colleagues who's one of his mentors um, was pregnant with twins and lost him in utero um, around um, twenty weeks. And um, just walking that journey with her and our and our hearts being broken for her. And he walks closely with her because he's her dean. Um, but just one day where she was she was needing needing a moment. Right. Um, and her house captain, um, Lauren Coffey, you know, just like looks at her and says just and her initial reaction, just wrapped that teacher in a hug and said, I've got house today. I've got you, you know, and, and Joe, she came in to tag in, but just like that moment of Mm -hmm. our students reaching back to us. Um, but I think that's witness because like our teachers laid it out first, right? Like our teachers shared life and what we're, we're vulnerable, um, and let, yeah, let that relationship build, um, Mm -hmm. our students appreciate it. And then, and then, um, yes, just, give it right back. It's beautiful. And then it and source and encourages us in this walk. Boy, we could keep going on this. This is such rich material, but our, our time is kind of getting away from us. I, I did want to con uh, talk just for just a few minutes about the physical environment that Archbishop Miller brings up. Now, obviously Catholic school is going to have a chapel, going to have crucifixes in the classrooms and statues and other things. But are there unique ways that that you all have seen your buildings or other buildings really help to underscore the issue of community and communion in Christ? Maybe some celebrations or 
sacramental reminders. One of those, um, I know this being the only high school that I've taught at and just kind of experiencing that for myself of just the physical environment that we have here. And like you said, yeah, there's a chapel. It's at the center of our school, obviously a crucifix in every classroom, every room that we do have, making sure that we have that reminder of uh, Jesus Christ and his uh, his sacrifice on the cross and all those kind of things. I mean, it's, it's one that is definitely, um, it's not only present, but done really well. And I'm, I'm grateful for that because again, all those are just, you pass by, you see the yard, you see the statue, you see the crucifix, you see those things. And it just all the more reminds you of Jesus Christ in that reality. But I think when you were talking about celebrations, it's just one of those that, uh, I think that's been something that, especially over the past couple of years, it just feels like we're getting better at celebrating one another type thing as a large community. And uh, I say that just because whether it is our cross country girls team winning state or something like that, or if it is, you know, our theater department doing a great job with their musical or whatever it might be like, there's just, it seems like, uh, and again, those aren't necessarily like liturgical celebrations that are occurring or anything like that. But at the same time, that's as a community celebrating one another and celebrating the glory of God that was brought forth by our students and staff and faculties and coaches, like performing well in whatever they're called to do. And so I just think that's one of those that I feel like has been really great to see, whether it's at our, you know, winter sports and activities, recognition assembly, when our scholars bowl team that just won state <laughs> is getting introduced player by player by their coach in a poem that he wrote because he's an English teacher. <laughs> to the point where, like, you know, and everybody is just like, you know, uh, being able to not only hear it, listen, and celebrate and cheer for them. And uh, they, they felt like they were known in that. And I think that was just one, at least as you were talking about it, especially with the word celebrations, I felt really resonated with me. Um, I would, Jesus comes to us in the tangible, right? Um, and having, having daily mass is, is huge for us here, but also just seeing the incarnation changes everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so what, whatever all of this touches, um, become, becomes redeemed. Um, and, uh, just changing the way we look at our physical spaces in that way as well. And I think about house or community and whenever we meet for house and community, we always gather in community alcoves um, and we pray together. So like all of Catherine is gathered together. All of Benedict is gathered together and we pray together. And it's um, I, all, all of them have saint prayers that are either echo the language of their saints, like Padre Pio is their, their bring, bring a prayer that Padre Pio wrote or one that was a teacher prayed with and created. Um, so there we, we stand, we pray together, um, we break bread together, we eat together, we go to mass together, we share life together. I mean, Community Systems Foundation is Acts 242, right? Like the community of the early church devoted themselves to the prayers, the teaching of the apostle, the community life, and the breaking of the bread. And so doing that each day in house time, but knowing that 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 makes that space all the more special um, and that this space where we learn math in is also where we pray together is um, well, not for mass, but but we pray there regularly. Um, I think all of that space space is intentional and important. Well, at J. Sarah, I, I think that probably probably one of the most 
um, unique things about our physical environment is the fact that we're, we're in a historic city and we're, we're, we have kind of the cool thing that we're a city who's our, our namesake actually walked these grounds. Um, so, you know, Unipro Serra founded the mission, which is about a half mile from our campus. And um, there are accounts of him, you know, walking through um, areas north of the mission, which would be where, where JSTAR is located. So that's kind of a, a really cool thing that when our freshmen come in, we talk to them about, like you're, you're going to school on like a really holy space, a whole, holy ground where, you know, Unipro Serra himself and other missionaries were pr praying for you, you know, you know, praying for future generations of people that would come, come to these lands. Um, and because we're in a historic city that, you know, when the building was built, initially it was built to be a, a corporate business park until it was purchased by our founder and, and became what it is today. Um, so it wasn't built to be a school initially, but because of the, the building codes, you know, it has to kind of match the historic um, patterns within the city. So it's just the buildings are, are, are beautiful. And I think it does like beauty is something I think that is really important at a Catholic mm -hmm. school. It kind of right. inspires, you know, wonder and just something about the architecture that makes you just dream about, you know, what, what God did and how he made this world for us and what we can do as, as human beings. Um, and so I will say, well, it probably wasn't intentionally designed this way. Our three buildings do kind of have like this, almost kind of like an arm effect, like, like St. Peter Basilica, where it's just like these arms kind of embrace this inner, inner quad. Um, and I think that people feel that. I think when they come in, they, they tour our campus. I think it does feel kind of homey. Like it feels like these buildings, these beautiful buildings kind of are enclosing you, you know. Um, and one thing that we do kind of more celebratory uh, around our campus is every year in, in November, we do a Eucharistic procession, um, which I think is, is is one of my favorite things that we do because it's it's kind of our, our yearly blessing of the campus. So, so Father will come and we'll have benediction at four different spots facing the four different directions of, of the school. Um, and it's just the yearly kind of, you know, uh, staple in our calendar where, where the whole school stops and we process with the Eucharist and the, the whole campus is, is, is touched by, by this Eucharistic presence. Um, so that, that, that's been, I think, a really unique way of, again, kind of drawing our eyes to the, all the corners of the campus, but for that spiritual purpose of what God is, like, you know, is doing here in our school. That's really powerful. Just thinking about um, the entire campus being in procession together uh, with Jesus uh, being there present, you know, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Uh, what a, what a great testimony, not only to the, each of you, but also to the, uh, to the community around you, uh, to the, to your commitment there. One of the things I was thinking as y'all were talking, <clears throat> excuse me, I remember at St. Michael that I got a call one time and our girls volleyball team had just gone to state. And I got a call from uh, uh, a relative of the coach of the team that we had played down there. And she said, I just heard from my daughter and I wanted to pass on to you what she said about your team. <laughs> okay. And she <laughs> said, my daughter was so moved that at the end of the game that uh, your team just stopped, gathered together, and prayed together. 
And she said that had such an impact on my daughter and their team watching your girls just praying together at the end of the match. And I thought, well, that's a powerful testimony. Again, a part of that, that celebrational atmosphere that is Christ-centered uh, in the midst of competition that has uh, you know, all kinds of intensity and emotion. But then to just bring Jesus right back into it is so powerful. Well, we are out of time, and I am. We could just keep going because this is such a rich conversation. But uh, Zach, Chris, and Katie, I just want to thank you so much for being with us today on uh, this podcast, and for us to uh, be able to just kind of look at this one mark and see the way that it's actually lived out incarnationally in schools. To me, is uh, a real blessing for for all of us. All of us. So. Uh, thank you all for being with us. Yeah, thank you for obviously inviting us and leading us and having the conversation. And I just want to appreciate Zach and what you guys do at Jay Sarah, because I know at St. James Academy, we've heard a lot of great stuff about what you guys are doing in California. And it's definitely one of those that you're like, yeah, come on, keep going. You know, like the solidarity <laughs> of like, let's do yeah. this. Let's get the, the name of Jesus famous in the world because of what we do in our schools. Yeah. So I know we don't necessarily do it perfectly or anything like that and obviously we got a lot of room to grow but it's just so good to see other schools like rocking that mission too and hearing you speak to it has, has been awesome likewise chris yeah it's great to meet you and you and katie and and st james is on on our in our conversations often and i think it is is really great having kind of like that camaraderie and brotherhood among schools um to root each, you know each other on and and uh take a lot of notes, <laughs> you know, so likewise. Yeah. Yeah. well, I think this is really, this is evidentiary of the Duke and Ultima schools collaborative. That is, you know, the host for this podcast, that this is kind of an opportunity for us to gather uh, as schools, the same way that we're talking about building community within the school, that we're actually building community as schools and to support one another, encourage one another, build that teamwork, that collaboration, share thoughts, ideas, and pray together that, uh, as you were saying, Chris, that, that the mission is fulfilled. So. Thank you for having us, Father Randy, and for all the work you do. Well, God bless you all. And uh, for our audience, if you already haven't done this, please be sure to follow our podcast and leave a comment to encourage us to future programming. If you are interested in learning more about the Duke and Altum Schools Collaborative, you may visit our website at diaschools.org. And if you go to our podcast uh, tab on the menu, uh, you will find uh, on that page uh, the uh, uh, document that we're talking about, the Vatican uh, version and vision for Catholic schools. So I encourage you to go there and to download that document. So may Almighty God bless you. We'd like to thank you for joining us on this episode of Follow to Lead, a production of the Duke and Altum Schools Collaborative. To learn more about finding your own path in your journey of faith, or for more information on what we discussed in today's episode, you are invited to follow us on social media and visit us on the web at diaschools.org. To provide a one-time donation or monthly pledge, please visit our website. Your gift will aid us in providing up-to-date information, additional resources, and other support on how to take Catholic education to a higher level. We look forward to helping you follow God's call to lead others to God right here on Follow to Lead. <laughs>